What's good, folks? Welcome back to the Pinch Talk Podcast. This is episode 10 of the podcast. And man, first of all, I wanna I just want to say on behalf of us both, I think, uh, thank y'all so much uh, for all the support uh, we've been getting. Like, this has been growing and it's just so rewarding uh, to just see and to just hear people talk about it and, you know, tell us, like, you know, like they really fuck with it and they feel like uh, we're making the game more approachable and all that. Like, that's just really rewarding. I think I'm speaking for us both here when I say it. Um, uh yeah so thank so thank y'all for that and don't forget uh that the podcast is available on all platforms spotify apple Podcasts, youtube anchor like all them shits you can think of the podcast will be there uh follow the podcast on the twitter account because we do a whole lot of good shit there especially with the baseball terms 101 hashtag we kind of explain the game to younger people so this is episode 10 last week we talked about you know the return of baseball and you know the minor leagues racism in baseball it was a real you know action-packed episode i'm mario i'm one of your co-hosts my co-host is my man pat he's here with me how you feeling bro um i'm good um the world hasn't ended yet as we know it um it's we've gone through the first week of mini camps and there's been a whole lot of fuckery that's happened as expected when you are trying to play a professional game in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> yeah. um, but honestly it could be worse it could be a lot worse um when you when we kind of talk about how the mlb is handling everything uh apparently they they really weren't as equipped as they thought they were to, to do the testing and stuff like that so it's kind of delayed some teams practicing Yikes. which is a big deal because when you have guys that are three days behind, when you have certain teams that are three days behind the other teams when it comes to practicing, and you got guys trying to stretch their arms out so they can pitch, and you have hitters trying to get their timing together and groove their swing correctly, that's a big deal. That's a very big deal. Yeah, especially with a 60 game season, a slow start can doom you. Um, so we yeah, gonna... it's a 60 game season, so the so the margin of error is really really thin. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we're gonna kick the uh kick uh things off kick the program and if you will uh with something that we ideally could have done like a couple weeks ago but you know shit happens so it doesn't matter if we do it now so let's go ahead and let's go for the mlb draft recap now we did a full episode that was just a preview and we kind of talked about you know how we expect the teams to draft how teams actually draft like you know some of the top prospects how we feel about them um it was a bit of a weird first round. Do you agree with that? It was. Um, got a couple of guys really slid. You had teams in the back end pick up the guys that were either they're trying to push guys back farther down the draft, so they so they signed guys that they know they could go for on the slot. You have teams that kind of sort of punted the draft but didn't punt the draft. You had <laughs> yeah, <Red> teams Sox. <laughs> that you had. It was just a really interesting. You had a lot of teams do a lot of different things, like cover all the different types of draft strategies there is in baseball, just because of COVID and the fact there was only five rounds. So yeah. teams really didn't have a lot of picks to to play around with. I say, I should say. Yeah, um, it was a weird first round, like we said. But the first pick was the obvious one, Spencer, uh, Spencer Tork- Torkelson. If I'm pronouncing that shit right, that shit hard to pronounce. Um, 
very easy pick i mean you know slam dunk college hitter who could probably hit cleanup for them right now i don't think anyone was surprised uh the surprises did start at number two though i was not expecting what the orioles did at all the orioles took um heston kerstad from arkansas um outfielder um Big power he was a, lefty. He, he's a top yeah. five yeah power lefty bat played outfield your stereotypical right fielder he he was a top five pick but him at second was kind of questionable but i see what the orders are doing trying to go under slot and distribute their money elsewhere in order to um take some other guys and draft some yeah. guys that probably has some questionable signability in the in the back end yeah i heard there were um like uh, some people kind of like they thought that they were still like too conservative considering that they went you know under slot at number two um they did pick up uh five of their six picks were hitters and four of them uh were college hitters and the tigers uh all picked six players they all they were all hitters uh mm -hmm. so that was the trend that was going on with the with the first big then and then we had the marlins at three and that was another surprise for me um it kind of was but it wasn't um well you know what it was actually because they they took max meyer not zach Sabine. i got i got confused but um it was a little weird but at the same time um their plan really made sense because they needed some some pitching and they took all college pitchers and college pitchers usually move through the move through the minors really quickly and with the position player core that they have if these college players, if these college pitchers could jump through the minors in say two, three years, then that team, their window could open really soon if everything happens correctly for them. Absolutely, they took all pitchers um, to counter what the Orioles and Tigers did before them. Uh, then you had the Royals, and they uh, pitched a shutout. All college players, four pitchers, and two hitters. I I was surprised that Ass Lazy fell to them. Uh, I thought I I would think that they were overjoyed that that one happened. Um, for me, the Royals draft was really interesting. Um, getting Asalasi at fourth was was really good, and it's kind of I'm kind of bad because everything works out for him. He's going to be in the big leagues in a couple of years, striking out the Indians hitters. And historically, <laughs> yeah. Indians have always had a lot of left-handed hitters in their lineup. Just in the Tito Francona era, a lot of left-handers and switch hitters. So. It's going to be kind of weird, but um, one thing the Royals have done lately is focusing on um, drafting college players, whether it be pitchers or hitters in the last couple drafts. Um, they really, after kind of um, winding out their minor league system the way you're supposed to when you're competing, and for them going to two back-to-back -back World Series after having historically great farm system, their farm system before that window, that playoff condition window they had was one of the best farm systems historically ever in people's I mean, yeah. opinions. Look at all um, the stars, you know, stars and you know, all-star All the stars and starting players on, that, on those teams are crazy. It's just, we got to, uh, I don't know, I can't remember the top of my head who, who was there, but it's just crazy. I mean, we have okay. a guy like Whit Merrifield toiling in the minors for years just because he couldn't break through because he was, he was with those guys in the minor leagues, but he just couldn't break through just because 
that says a lot because Whit Merrifield is one of the best. It's probably the best super utility guy in the, in the MLB right now. Would you say? Uh, yeah, I, I can agree. And the motherfucker can hit. So, yeah. And the fact that he wasn't able to break through kind of tells you like talent level that was going on at that time. Um, then you had the Blue Jays right after them, and they just like the Royals, they went all college players. I was, I mean, I don't know if I was surprised, but like. Austin Martin, I get it. Like, he was considered a top three prospect. So, like, if he's there at five, you take him. I don't know where he'll stick in the future, though. But, I mean, the bad place. Um, going to the Blue Jays is, I think, fits for him because who knows if Bobo Check is stick at center at shortstop. But he might say it just because his bat is so good. And if you could get that value of a bat at shortstop, then you, you keep him there even if he is. Yeah. Kind of shady because nine times out of ten he probably isn't going to be as bad as Derek Jeter. Um, <laughs> yeah, I took um, mad shots at Jeter too. Oh man, you've been destroyed him lately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, Austin Martin, he could stick in the center field um, when they don't really have a center fielder. Yeah. Since they traded Kevin Pillar, and and if he he feels like and if he goes in the majors. In the one and a half years was extremely possible for him, considering how how good of a hitter he is. Yeah, Let's just polished. say, yeah, let, we're just going to say this: his bat is going to play literally anywhere, second, third, yeah. short the third stops. is open now, long term. Yeah, center field, left. Because didn't they move Laddie to first? Yeah, they already did. Oh my goodness! And I was Jeez. surprised by that. I was surprised because we talked about this in. I think uh, on the Blue Jays preview, like uh, the ALEs preview, and we kind of both and we both agreed that eventually he was going to have to move, but I didn't think it was going to be. We didn't even be this fast. We think it'd be maybe four or five years, or maybe yeah, hell, four or five years probably the most he could stay over there. They they just moved his ass over to first base and quick. I mean, shit, but he needs to go channel Pablo Sandoval or something. Yeah. Yo, yo, that yeah, that dude like he's eating everything he found, man. <laughs> From the my god, that was terrible. Uh, then you had uh, after the Blue Jays, uh, you had the Mariners. Now the Mariners in recent years have picked all college players basically, and they did not disappoint. Three college pitchers, three college hitters. Um, I was cool with them uh, for the most part. I thought it was a pretty solid draft. Yeah. Um... Jerry Depoto has really turned the organization around from a development standpoint, especially from a pitching standpoint. Um, yeah. The pitchers they've taken the last couple of years have been really good and have kind of sped through the system. And when you have guys like um, Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kalenic in that system, you just kind of you just kind of build around them, per se. Yeah. Um, in a sense, but... Um, I like Emerson Hancock a lot. He's going to do great in our system, I think. Um, the Seattle Manners have really done better at developing pitchers last few years, I say, I think, in my mind. And so so have a lot of other people. But um, they already have Kyle Lewis at the major leagues, and if he can continue what he did at the end of last um, year, then the Mariners, yeah, the Mariners are a really interesting team from a development standpoint right now. They are. I mean, um, if everything goes right, they should be able to finally break that long playoff drought. But yeah. that's in like two to three years. Yeah, I see. Because they're in a tough division. Unless something crazy happens this year. 
yeah well yeah that is that's perfectly fine um so after the mariners you got the pirates um i the pirates were one of those teams that a lot of some people were talking that maybe they could punt the draft uh because they were a cheap ass um they took five out of six uh, players that they pick five of them were pitchers uh mostly college pitchers i cannot remember that's my bad i can't remember who they picked right now in the first round like the big names. oh yeah oh yeah yeah uh basically uh keston hero 2.0 basically yeah pretty much yeah um keston hero without the strikeouts and he might stick a short stop um yeah maybe he goes to second base the bat's gonna play there um He's a little bit be- better base runner than um, Kessin here is, but when you they already have Cole Tucker, um, the brother of one of the players taking the first round. Um, Cole Tucker at shortstop. They have um, Cabrian Hayes, son of thirteen-year big leaguer Charlie Hayes. He yep, should be coming up real soon, I think. And his glove is pure gold. Yeah. Um, and they they have a lot of other young players in our farm system they have a six nine shortstop named o'neill cruz in our strong farm system jesus. right now too jesus yeah like i've read scouting <laughs> reports and and, the, and they say his body type is only comparable to brendan ingram <laughs> yo if he sticks at at shortstop that's gonna be a sight to see like he he's had like three growth spurts so he was six two when he signed with the dodgers then he got traded to the pirates and by that time he was like six four six five or maybe even 6'6", six, six. and then apparently he's hit another growth spurt, and he's still playing That's shortstop. That's crazy. That's crazy. If he's quick, imagine just imagine the range. He has That's decent crazy. range, but he has an 80-grade arm, so. That that kind of screams third base. Like, uh, there's, there's people that wanted him to move to pitcher just because his arm is so good, and he's so tall, like. But he's probably going to be I mean, in outfield in the MLB. There's no way someone six nine is sticking that shortstop in the major leagues. <laughs> I mean, it would be incredible if he did, but yeah, like six nine, like no. Um, after the Pirates, uh, we got one of my division rivals, the Padres. Now, this was a really good draft, top to bottom. I liked uh, Hassel. I think he's really good, uh, um, pure hitter. And I think they signed him for our underslot too. And then they picked uh, Cole Wilcox. Yeah, the second uh, Cole Wilcox in the 80th at the 80th pick was great. And they signed him. And they signed the other yeah. guys. And then, so we'll have to. Uh, I don't. I can't remember what guys they signed, what undrafted free agents they signed as well. But um, they did we'll a good go job. Later. They did a good job. They um, did. And they did pick mostly. Um, well, actually, they spread it out exactly evenly. They picked uh, three high school hitters and uh, I mean, uh, three hitters and three pitchers, you know, so I thought that was cool. And then we get to the Colorado Rockies. Now, any of y'all have ever heard me mention the Rockies on this show before? You will know that I fucking hate this team. I also love them, but I fucking hate this team. Um, so first of all, I'd like to get your take on the Rockies draft. First and foremost, um, 
How would you like the Rockies draft? I was actually surprised they were so competent this year. <laughs> just to put it that way. Just I'm sure you thought the same thing as well, but um Zach Veen is he he looks like he 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 looks like a stereotypical right fielder, but he might he could sickness in that field, maybe. Uh, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't think he's fast I mean, he's too he's too big, but I mean, if he can maintain his speed, maybe. But honestly, his his swing is amazing. It's Larry Walker, Cody Bellinger ish. Just yeah, so so just, fluid. Like it's incredible. It's fluid, but it has a lot of torque to it. Um, Drew Romo at thirty fifth is a reasonable gamble considering how good his hands are. Um, yep. and that's the most important thing with a catcher, being able to be a defensive catcher. And he 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 profiles as a plus plus blocker plus plus framer plus arm um yeah. he's a switch hitter so that's interesting um the bat he has a it's bad over power right now but if he can develop some power and be physical then um yeah he could just be, average he could just make average, it but, it'll be amazing yeah but honestly with drew romo is how he uh, handles the learning curve of being a full time, of being an MLB catcher and dealing with the physicality of catching full time. Yeah, professional. He's well built for it, but yeah. And then, well, actually, uh, you got anything else on the on the Rockies draft class? Um, I like how you guys took all pitchers. Um, you took two pitchers from Miami and Clemson, which is interesting. I don't really know much about the um about the rest of the draft besides being in normal, honestly. Um, if you if you got something you want to say, go ahead. Actually, uh, like, yeah. it's interesting that they took another Colorado pitcher as well. That's the trend. Yeah, that's something I that, that's something that I, yeah, that's something that I am going to mention. Um, so, my take on it, right? They didn't fuck up. Holy <laughs> shit. They didn't fuck up. Yo, I was watching the draft. I'm like, yo, there's no way this is for real. Zach Veen at nine? I saw him, I saw him like between picks four and six. I'm like, there's no way. I thought for sure that when they were gonna pick uh Ray Detmers. I, I was like, that's that's just the most Rockies pick ever. Pick a low <laughs> a, a low ceiling college pitcher with plus control that's just gonna get smoked in Coors Field because you don't get away with 93 mile an hour mistakes over the middle of the plate. Anyway. Sack Veen at nine is amazing. Obviously, no pick is guaranteed, but we already talked about like his swing is like Bellinger esque. He hits the ball in in that kind of way. He's, he's incredibly smooth, and he smacks the shit out of the ball. And the thing is, he's more hit over power now, but that's because he uh, his stance is kind of a, it has a, a slight crouch to it. And and uh, when you look at Bellinger, for example, he stands very straight up. So I think that. They'll, I don't think they'll completely change that, but they'll probably switch it up a little bit and he'll be able to tap into his power because he has some bad speed that's just yes. amazing. And, and it's all has, fields, too. He doesn't just yank yeah, the ball. He, yeah, he has he, incredible bad speed, yeah. He has, and, he has a grown man strength. Like, yeah. And he's like, he's like what, like 6'4", some shit like that, 6'4", 190 something like that like he's tall like he got the kind of that tall lanky build but he's gonna uh add some muscle and he's gonna smoke the ball because like the the 
the bad control the bad speed and then also the approach he's very patient he draws walks he's, he's selective like i fucking love this pick i don't give a sh- i don't think there's a chance he, he sticks at center field especially at course field but i think he'll be a fine right fielder and the bat is going to play uh drew romo again i love this pick i was like yo i can't believe these motherfuckers are taking risks i'm like a high school catcher in the second round and a high school catcher with uh concerns about whether he'll sign or not because he had a really strong commitment to lsu i was like yo i'm and we all kind of already talked uh, about him a little bit so I'll, I'll be brief uh i've heard some people say that he could probably catch in the big leagues right now like that's the kind of like his ability as a high school kid like that's very rare typically when you when you see high school catchers get drafted you typically see uh very either uh really athletic kids with big big arms and power bat or like the bat is way ahead of the glove but his case is different he's all around terrific defender very 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 advanced like he just moves real natural behind the plate he's a switch hitter i doubt he'll ever have be like a like 120 wrc plus kind of guy I doubt he'll ever hit 25 home runs, but it doesn't matter. If he can just be an average hitter, he'll be he'll produce incredible value because the glove he's gonna he's gonna stick at catcher long term. Like I'll be shocked if he doesn't make it to the majors. That's my take on him. Um after that, again, I loved it. Chris McMahon from Miami. He's a righty, he's a starter, and he has um fastball uh in the mid-90s. And he can touch 96, 97. So there's none of that low 90s bullshit uh, they do. He has he has solid command. He has very good feel for his changeup. And also a very nice slider. Uh, again, I like it. Three pitch mix. Uh, the slider profiles real well at Coors Field. Better than the curveball. So I loved it. And then Sam Weatherly. This is another pick I loved. Uh, this is a cat, uh, it's a cat who uh, pitched in relief most of his uh, college career. But then they moved him to the rotation this year and he's he and he was like and he was striking out like uh 18 batters per nine or some shit or some wild shit like that like he was putting up insane strikeout numbers uh his his main issue is that he does not command his fastball well which is kind of weird especially considering that he's uh really athletic i don't know if that's an issue that uh you've seen before like um because fastball command like especially from real uh, uh real uh, athletic pitchers it's not something that you expect to happen long term is it um fastball command it depends on organizations some organizations are better at helping guys refine their mechanics and get better um but some pitchers kind of figure things out also but in a place like chorus field or even in the minor leagues where they have high altitude um oh yeah venues um to mimic it and help guys it's it's, it's a big deal because mistakes are going to get crushed yeah and you can't see how weird the ball is now yeah and you can't be walking nobody so i loved uh, all those picks because see i mean high school uh picks by default are high risk because they're high school kids but even the college pitchers they took had some quote-unquote risk but also a lot higher ceiling than you would expect i think i think mcmahon can if he figures it out, he can be a, a mid-rotation starter. He's got a good three-pitch mix. He's athletic. Uh, and Weatherly, I think I think he can be a, a real good, mostly two-pitch starter. Like, he'll have to develop a changeup. But this slider, but his slider is, is wipe out already. So, 
Uh, then after that, uh, you mentioned him. Uh, they took Case Williams, high school kid uh, from Colorado. Now, he doesn't have overwhelming stuff. Like, I've seen a uh, like, uh, decent uh, change up, and the fastball can touch the mid-90s, low-mid-90s, uh, like around like 92, 93. But, but he's a Colorado kid, so he's been pitching at altitude his entire life. So that is going to be a plus. I would bet on him making at least some development. And then uh, on their fifth round pick, I can't remember dude's name. I'm sorry, uh, but they uh, they basically took uh, the classic, you know, uh, college shortstop contact approach. Will probably play all around the infield, kind of like a super utility guy. Um, draft grade for them, a fucking plus. I mean. <laughs> Is there anything else to say, fam? I mean, they made me happy for the first time in like two years. So, well, like a year and a half. So, yeah, I got nothing else. I already spoke way too fucking much about the Rockies. But yeah, fuck this team. But I love this team as well. And their draft was fucking great. Now, please, uh, if you can speak a little bit about the Andrews, because I need to drink some water. All right. Um... Whoa, shit. The Angels. <laughs> Oh man, the Los Angeles Angels. Okay, um, Reed Detmers. They needed that badly. They needed that so badly. Yeah, he might pitch in the majors this year. <laughs> yeah, he could pitch in the majors probably tomorrow. Um, they took David Calabrese. Um, this this center field class was really really deep this year. A lot. There's a lot. Of, I mean, alpha class in general, but there's a lot of great high school center fielders in this class. Yep. And that's kind of just going to be repeated constantly in this draft. Um, There's like maybe four or five good center fielders taken. I took Warner Blakely, a high school shortstop, and they took a. So they took two left-handed college pitchers and two um, high school position players. And honestly, I really don't know nothing about the Angels and how they kind of structure everything. But honestly, um, I, it was a pretty good draft considering the top two names who I know of. Yeah, and considering they only had four uh, four picks, I yeah. think they did a good job. Yeah, they did a pretty good job, and um, also they they really need this because their minor their minor league system is pretty much terrible. Besides, um, Joe Adele and um, what's his face? Um, oh, I forgot yeah, the Brandon Marsh. Yeah, Brandon Marsh. Yeah, um, yeah, those are the only two um, prospects. Those and the Temptations, as you say. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, they have no pitching. I could pitch in a rotation right now, honestly. <laughs> the funny shit is, you're not wrong at all. No, like, no, like I probably could. Like I really could. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, you like uh, the Reed Devers pick was just so telegraphed uh, once the Rockies passed on him. Um, the White Sox were up next. Now they took. Uh, four college pitchers and another uh, high school pitcher. They didn't took. They didn't take no hitters at all. Uh, I don't know. Um, if that surprised me a little bit. No, considering how how stacked they are from a position player standpoint, and they have a log jam right now with how they're kind of sifting through the guys, position players, and their pitchers haven't really reached yet. And they they got a lot of veterans in the rotation right now. Um. They need this because some of these guys are probably going to wind up being relievers just based on the rule of thumb. Um, yeah. But honestly, I really like their draft. It fits them. They take a lot of college players, and that's what they did here. They such a draft model. 
they just focus on pitching instead of hitters because they 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 already have a talented position player group that's on the cusp of the major leagues. No, very real impact talents as well. So, okay, so after the White Sox, uh, the Reds. Now, on this one, I actually got to give you credit, bro, because you fucking called it. Uh, we talked about him on the on the draft preview, and you said uh, they like to go after high school hitters. And they did that because they picked three high school hitters. Were you surprised uh, also by the fact that then they also split it the other way and they went and picked uh, college pitchers? I thought they did an okay not job. Really. Um, it was it, not really. I mean, Austin Hendrick has roots to the Reds organization. Like his dad or something was like the G- former GM there or something like that. Um, mm. And they've also taken older guys before. The rest of the picks... I'm not really surprised about um Mac Wright went to St. Edwards High School in um Cleveland, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to him. Um I just I don't I don't I don't I really don't give a fuck about the Reds, honestly, just <laughs> if we're being real here. Um, uh, especially with the next team up is one Cleveland Indians. Now I talked about the Rockies a lot last time, so the floor is yours, my man. Go ahead. Um. Okay. All right. Um. Cleveland Indians draft. I'm really satisfied with this draft. It just kind of shows how great this in this this team is. This organization is at drafting and developing guys and sticking to their models. Um. First pick, twenty third pick, Carson Tucker. I'm excited about this guy a lot. Um. I feel like if he if they played a full season high school ball and they had to draft and they had high school ball and all that stuff, he probably would have went higher based on how he had a lot of heat on him coming into the draft. He had a growth mm-hmm. spurt. He's a younger brother of a major league player and the younger brothers usually be the, usually are the better players. <laughs> um, interesting tidbit. Um, yeah. he, he's going to stick at shortstop, which had his value there. He has a plus hit tool. He has some raw power as well. And he has plus speed also. Um, Tanner Burns, uh, one of the probably one of the best college pitchers in his draft. He had a two eighty six ERA um, at Auburn, and he had two hundred ten strikeouts and one hundred eighty innings, which is amazing. Um, they took a left handed pitcher named Logan Allen, which is funny because there's two left handed pitchers named Logan Allen in this yeah. in the Indians farm <laughs> system now. Um, he's not a stereotypical lefty, but He's pretty good. Um, I'm really excited to see how he does. Uh, I'm really excited to see all the, all the pitchers. I'm honestly I'm beginning to give this organization a bit of the, the doubt on pitchers and how they developed them. Um, they took yeah. P.D. Halpin, um, a center fielder, bat first guy out of uh, California, which fits a draft model, and he's young, which fits a draft model, and he was a and. He had signability concerns, but them taking Kersucker at under slot allowed them to get Petey Halpin at 95, which is amazing because yeah. it just shows you how strategic they are and how, how confident they are developing guys. Um, they took a mm-hmm. shortstop Milan Tolentino from California. It's a drive model again. He's a high school player. It's a drive model again. And he he's a brother of a of a player who was in the Indians farm system, a catcher, Patrick Tolentino. Uh-huh. Um, and his father played in the big leagues for 13 years. So bloodlines again. 
And our yep. last pick was Mason Hickman, Mason Hickman, the, the Friday night starter for Vanderbilt, which is one of the best pitching, best college programs for baseball, and and if not the best, um, Vanderbilt is known for developing his college pitchers, but lately they they haven't really been as good. Their college pitchers have been as good when they've gotten to the minors and the majors as they were. Maybe David Price and pre that point. Um, Mason Hickman is 6'6", and he only sits low 90s, like 90, 93, but the Indians have been known to give guys velocity jumps. So it's interesting. Honestly, overall with the Indians draft, they stuck their draft model, young high school players. They took up the middle young high school players, two shortstops, and a center fielder. And they took college pitchers, two righties and a lefty, who were all really good and were among the probably the best pitchers on their staffs of the respective colleges. And they all have strikeout rates above eight and walk rates below three. And that's pretty much what the Indians draft model is. Yeah, this draft was as Indians as it gets, really. Like if you wanna like if you want like the blueprint for how the Indians like to draft, just look at this draft right here. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, um, it was funny. They didn't do any stupid shit or risky shit. They just said they just kind of sucked their guns. Yeah. I liked it a lot, honestly. And I was a bit uh, underwhelmed uh, at first with the first round pick. But then I, but like, as the draft move on, and it, it's real easy to overreact in the draft because like teams have long, actual like strategies for as the rounds move on. But yeah, I was a bit underwhelmed at first. And I think I told you about it. But right now after the dust has already settled i like their draft i agree with you they did um a typical indians draft it works well they're a good competent organization they develop players well i like their draft a lot uh so yeah that's what i got you got anything else nothing all right so after that we got the giants fuck them by the way and they took they had seven picks, which is, I think, the most of any team. They took six of them were college players. Uh, this, yo, the Giants. Uh, we're gonna talk about uh, some of their future uh, later on when we talk about players who have opted out. But they they just took anyone they could because this team is not gonna be good in a long time. So might as well take the best player, right? Yeah. Um. This draft was weird. Um, although I do kind of get the Patrick Bailey pick, considering Buster Posey is pretty much done. Um, Joey Bart's going to be in the majors probably this year. Probably. Yeah, more on that to come later, folks. Yeah, more on that to come later. But um, college guys, um, the head of their uh, organization, um, he used to work with the Dodgers, so, you know, he's competent. <laughs> um yeah it's it's the giants they're gonna be contending in another probably five years anyways so <laughs> they'll they'll win another world they'll make a world series before the rockies do and the rockies have a head start uh moving on <laughs> um, Man, the, the, the giants are like the patriots of the mlb they just yeah like the spurs or some shit the spurs yeah the spurs they just figure they just figure it out they yeah. They, they just find a way really like, really really impressive what being a good organization can do for you anyway uh, 
the Rangers. Talking about weird organizations. Um, I don't fucking remember like a whole lot, like being real impressed about anything they did or being not impressed about anything, anything they did. It was just kind of middle of the road for me. They took a lot of high school players, though. Yeah, they took four high school players and a college player. They took a um, a second baseman out of Mississippi State who had 297, 384, 82, and 141 games in college and more walks and strikeouts. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, this is the Rangers. <laughs> and, you guys, we don't show the interest because this interest about these teams because they're not our favorite teams. There's just some of these teams. Is, it's hard yeah. to kind of analyze the uh, the habits, tendencies, yeah. and everything. Yeah, especially when the, when it's like lame organizations like this. Um, <laughs> but some drafts are boring. I'm give them, I'm, just, yeah, I'm gonna give let, them the benefit. Yeah, is so boring because you because you're not gonna see these guys for three years. Probably you're not gonna see these guys never because they probably won't make the major leagues in general. Yeah. But you, uh, especially this year, since there's no minor leagues, we can't really say. We can't really follow up on this right away or in, just in general. Um, not to mention, I'm going to give this team, I'm going to give this a benefit of doubt because this, this is one of the teams that has um, a, a, a tree, organizational tree to the Indians because you know Indians. Um, <laughs> yeah. Front office guys are everywhere. They're like ticks or bed bugs. Um, no, yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah. Because they're um, competent, so, I'm sorry you can't relate, um, but uh, yeah, Texas, uh, one college fuck guy, four Rockies, high school guys. Fuck the Rockies, go on. Uh, the Phillies. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm just weird. I, I, I'm just in a good mood, people. Like that's just it. I'm in a good mood, so I'm just doing stupid shit. Um, mm-hmm. you mind if you mind if we uh, move to the Phillies? Yeah, I, I like their draft a lot. Actually, me too. Oh. Me too. We're like agreeing. it could have been a lot worse. They could have done some off the wall shit. <laughs> yeah they took some good players they were one of the teams that i saw uh when i saw you know many different writers many different people grading drafts i saw the phillies as a team that for what they had because they only had four picks uh they did a good job much like the angels so kudos to them uh who was uh uh Mika Bell? is that his name yeah Mikabel. he was the first I, 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 yeah i like that i like that pick a lot um and yeah, that's what I got. You got anything on the Phillies? Aside from nope. liking the draft? No. Uh, so moving on, a team that we both love, the Chicago Cubs. I like their draft as well. Uh, Ed Howard, I liked him a lot. Yes. I liked him a lot. I liked him a lot. And um, hopefully he can stick long term. He's a local kid too. Yeah, fun fact about Ed uh, Howard. He was on the Chicago. So Ed Howard is from Chicago, born and raised, which is cool player for for a team in your hometown um mm-hmm. that's just that's just dope as fuck um he was on the chicago little league world series team that won the little league world series that had um the lefty the black girl was a lefty who pitched i cannot remember her name anything right now but she was cool yeah, as I mean, fuck either. shout out to her um yeah one interesting guy they took was luke little a left-handed pitcher from a junior college who who can pitch up to 105 miles per hour he's like six 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 seven and um he got spotlight because of um the 
the flagrant app, which is used by Pitching Ninja on Twitter at Pitching Ninja. He's dope as fuck. If you're yeah. trying to get into baseball, go follow, him. go follow him right now. Just do it right now. I don't care yeah. if you gotta st- like pause us to do it. Go follow him because um, this guy has gotten is not only good because he he shows you nasty ass pitches and how pitching works, but he uses platform in order to get guys from small colleges, young colleges, high schools, and stuff like that seen yeah. and exposure to only my major league organizations and some of these guys are getting signed as free agents some of these guys are getting drafted and it's crazy and luke little is just another example yeah a left-hander who, who can touch 105 miles per hour and he's 6'6 six, six. Like, that's just crazy yeah. that's scary like you think every pitch is coming at you <laughs> yeah i mean you just cannot cut I can't imagine hitting 102 miles an hour, something like that. I cannot imagine that. Uh, uh, I feel like it's fair that we move on to the Red Sox. Now, this is a team. The fucking Red Sox. First of all, fuck them. And then when they made their first round pick, I'm like, oh, this is the team that was going to punt the draft. Every one of my timeline was confused that was talking about baseball. Everyone was like, what the fuck did they just do? And then with Nick York, the crazy thing about it is, he didn't even go for that much under slot. Like, he went less under slot than, than Carson Tucker did. Yeah. And they like, go as a second or third round talent. And they took him at 17. And then you give you give a second baseman that much money and a, first, a high school second baseman at that. Um, they took Blaze Jordan, which is one of the I coolest like names one. of this draft for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a cool fucking name. And he's not going to turn in 17 of December and he's already hitting 500. He's not going to turn 18 of December and he's already hitting 500 foot home runs, which will tell you how talented he is. And they took two left handed pitchers because they lost their second draft, second round draft pick this year. Yeah. Slap on the wrist. Um, then the D backs. This, first of all, I got to say, pains me to say, but the D backs are a. Uh, really annoyingly competent organization and i think they showed it again here they had a pretty pretty straight pretty straight draft to me i'm looking up at what they did here bryce jarvis like uh i like some of their picks i thought they did a pretty good job with, with what they had yeah um bryce, bryce jarvis they took um 18th overall he was drafted in 37th round 2019 but he didn't had a 10 mile power jump on his fastball and he now sits 96-97, and he went 18th overall now. So he got some big money. He got first round money. So that's a, that's crazy. You go from the 37th round to the first round as a college yeah. pitcher. Like he bet himself big, and he he killed it. Um, yeah, sure. He took Slade Sassoni from Miami, another really good pitcher who has a really cool last name. And he mm-hmm. took two high school players and another college player. So honestly. Diamondbacks are really competent, as Mario said. Um, so, if you're no a Diamondbacks fan, it together, just, yeah. yeah, no problem with it. You you, you trust them. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, uh, we got the team that is the opposite of that, and that's the New York fucking Mets. Uh, the clown show of baseball, basically. Um, well, actually, the popular clown show because the Rockies exist as well, but they're the popular clown show. So. I thought they were cool. I thought what they, they did was pretty cool. good. It could have been worse. Um, Precor Armstrong was another one of the talented center fielders, high school center fielders in this draft. 
Um, we yep. took JT Jen, who who was a pitcher from Mississippi State, who I can see the Indians picking. Um, and that, that's pretty much it, honestly. Um, the draft was really good. Yeah, I liked it. It was very very solid, very competent. Not what you expect from the Mets. Um, moving on to the Brewers. Now they were real radical. They had an approach and they went with it. They took. They had five picks. They took all college hitters i thought it was okay i don't i don't i don't have anything overwhelming for them but i thought it was fine they had a plan they stuck with it garrett mitchell i was surprised to see him drop that much though yeah um it was weird but oh shit that's cool they took a black catcher wow that's i haven't seen that in a long time um, they took Gary Mitchell, um, probably college uh, center fielder. He was gonna hit. Um, he's fast too, um, so he's gonna stay in center field, and they kind of need that because Corey Ray is probably gonna be a major leaguer or a full-time major leaguer. Um, they took Reggie Zamora from Miami, who was a really good high school player, but went to college instead. Um, he has injury concerns, but it should be pretty good. It took Xavier Warren from Central Michigan. Um, that should be really cool. All college players, they kind of need that because our farm system, is, farm system is really weak and they need contributions because it's a competitive window. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. But honestly, I like the draft. They're a really good organization, so it could be worse. Uh, yeah, uh, we talked um, when we were talking about the uh... – what was the team that we talked about? That was the Spurs. I can't remember. We, we mentioned the five five days ago. Uh, what was it? The oh, the Giants. And then we go to another team that could uh, take that uh, that name, the Cardinals. I also liked their draft a lot. I really did. I thought they did a good job. Uh, yeah, the Cardinals. I liked them a lot. Um, Jordan Walker, who was another first, another young guy. Uh, six five two twenty. Um, he can he can stick at third base, but he has huge power. He has a high upside pros- prospect, which is what the Cardinals do. Cardinals take guys of value, and they yeah. took three high school players, and then they took the rest of them college players. And all these yeah, guys and- are interesting, and they're all going to contribute and stuff like that because it's the Cardinals. Yeah, um, they had a bit of a interesting situation because they had seven picks but they didn't have a big uh bonus pool so they had to be efficient uh, like you said uh and yeah uh, i think they did a pretty reasonable job um then the nats <laughs> the world series champions uh i was not surprised at all they went mostly college players i think they're trying to expand this window for as long as they can mm-hmm. um they took Four pitchers, two position players, um, two position players are short stops and, and a short stop and a catcher. So, actually, they took one uh, high school player and that was a short stop. Um, yeah. So it's it's interesting. We should see what happens with them. Um, they kind of played it safe, I guess, considering how how short the scouting period was. They took guys they had they have a history, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um... After them, we got the Rays. They took six players, and I expect them all to at least reach AAA and eventually the major leagues because it's the Rays. Um, I thought they had a bit of a weird draft. 
uh, I, I saw some people that did not like it. Um, um, I don't know. For me, the first two picks they did and the first two picks of Indians there were kind of interchangeable because the Rays and Indians have very similar philosophies, which is pitching in middle infielders. Um, but getting Nick Pisco at, at 24 um, and then taking Alika Williams at 37 allows them to afford Nick Pisco and then they took the rest college three college pitchers and another college shortstop which shows mm-hmm. the organization philosophy which is shortstops and pitchers um, the Rays are a great drafting organization easily one of the best in the, in the business yep you give them the benefit of the doubt and them getting Nick Biscoe at 24 and signing him and getting him a sense away for his commitment is, is a big deal also yeah um, after them uh, the Atlanta Braves this is a team that is entering the competitive window they have a lot of momentum right now they have good prospects at the top of the farm but it's not as good as it was a couple years ago uh, they picked if I'm not mistaken, they picked all college players, four college players. I haven't seen many overwhelming reviews about their draft class. I don't know if you um, know. It was a really meh overall review. Um, three college pitchers and a college outfielder. Um, we'll have to see what happens with them. Yeah, I, I was. I, I, I'm seeing like C plus grades, like B minus, like just C grades. Like they didn't wow anybody, basically. Uh, that's what we we're saying. Uh, after them, the Oakland A's were they the team uh, that picked uh, Tyler uh, 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 Soderstrom? Because yep. I think I'm fucking up. Yeah. So and they put him in home, and they put yeah, him in major league camp already. Yeah. So that's how confident they are about the bat. I don't know if he'll stick at catcher long term, but um, if he just can, they took. So. He was on high school player. They took too. Yeah, that's, that's that's actually right. That's actually right. Yeah, Everything else was college um, players. Yeah, four, uh, three college pitchers and a, and a college outfielder. Um, yeah. Even if Tyler Schultz does a catcher, he's athletic. He's really athletic for a catcher, and he might play right field, and he might be a plus right defender because he has a good arm too. Um, A's know the money ball team. They know how to draft and develop guys. So. Yeah. Um, um, I'm gonna trust them on this track. Yeah, me too. Uh, after this, uh, we got uh, your favorite team. Uh, so you can just take the stage on this one. The Minnesota Twins. How do you feel about their draft? And how do you feel about them? Let us know, man. I actually liked your draft. <laughs> um, Aaron Sabato, he's a hitter. He hits. He hit 343, 453, 696 in the 2019 season with 18 home runs, 64 games. He's a first baseman, and you really don't see first baseman go that high, but it's interesting. Um, they took two college players in the first two rounds, and they took two high school players in the last two rounds. Um, so I have to see how they do. But, I mean, the Twins are a very good organization. You... I'm, 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 I'm waiting to see which one of these guys gets the majors and tortures the Indians. <laughs> oh, shit. That's all I kind of agree with Pat. I kind of agree with Pat. I, I thought their draft was pretty good. Um, then the, the Yankees, they only had three picks, which I think is the least of any team. I don't remember why that is. 
think they forfeited a couple times get recalled or some shit they bought um, all the fucking undrafted free agent stuff so <laughs> yeah i mean that that's the that's yankee shit they just pay everyone more money so did you like the draft though it was cool um i mean it's the yankees they know the developed guys and they have the best resources because they're yankees so they're probably gonna eat nutrition nutritious meals and shit in the minor league system <laughs> um uh it's the yankees I won't be surprised if any of you guys mentioned the majors and wound up being solid players or all-stars or some shit like that because that's what happens when you get dropped by the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, similarly, the Dodgers were up next. They took oh a lot goodness. of... Oh my goodness, Dodgers-Yankees back-to-back. What the fuck? <laughs> they took a lot of college pitchers. I don't have a whole lot to say on any of them individually, just like what Pat said. Fuck the Dodgers, by the way. And... All these players will eventually be competent to some extent, pretty much, because it's the um, fucking Dodgers. They'll just Bobby Miller has a ninety-two mile, ninety-eight mile per hour two seamer, and then moves like a frisbee. And this is unfair. He's going to the organization like the Dodgers. And one thing you guys should know: the Dodgers not develop pitchers; they're develop hitters. And and their fifth round pick was a guy named Gavin Stone from Central Arkansas, and that's the coolest name ever. Gavin Stone. Gavin Stone. Like that's just hey, that sounds like yo. A, that's a badass name. <laughs> and they have a guy named Landon Knack. They took second. Oh second with their second pick. Yo, baseball got some funny ass fucking names, man. <laughs> yeah. That's one yeah, of the funniest things in baseball. Just Clayton Beater. Clayton Beater. Yo, that's never- yo. That was hilarious to see. I am like Doug. That is the whitest fucking name I've ever heard in my life. That's the most Clayton, Texas name ever. Like you, Clayton Beater. God damn. Um, yeah, uh, basically all these players the Dodgers took will be major leaguers because that's my luck. Um, and then you had the Astros. The Astros did oh, not yeah, have. They're uh, gonna trade them for some superstar or some shit. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. And the ones that stay with the Dodgers and uh, make it to the major leagues, they'll strike out Brandon Rogers uh, five times a game. Um. Then you got the Astros. The Astros did not have a first-round pick. A uh, slap on the wrist for what they did. And I don't think anyone gave a fuck about their draft, really. They were just too busy telling them to go fuck themselves. So that applies to me, too. Um, they took a pitcher named Ty Brown from Vanderbilt, and he set a school record with 17 staves. So don't be a... They just know how to draft and develop and scout. It's the, it's the Astros. They're cheaters, yes, but they know how to develop and draft yeah. guys. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, just, I'm just talking shit, but... Yeah, they're gonna... I won't be surprised if any of these guys make an amazing or all-stars in five, six years. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, that was pretty that, much the draft, yeah. Yeah, pretty much it. That was pretty much the draft, man. Like, it was a lot... Go ahead, go ahead. It's my bad. I just got you up twice in a row. Nah, it's cool, um... This draft was really interesting to watch, and it was really digestible and cool to follow because it was, it was short, very very short. Yeah. MLB drafts are usually forty rounds. <laughs> Ain't nobody following forty rounds, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. Honestly, we don't even get we don't even get paid to do this, and I didn't even get get paid to do this shit. I will not cover a forty round draft. <laughs> and there are guys who know there are guys who who do this shit and and know. 
the tendencies of the organizations and all these players, high school, college guys, and stuff. That's just following college baseball by itself is 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 difficult as is, and it's just yeah, know. yeah. So basically, a salute to those to those soldiers who yeah. just spend hours and hours and hours following this shit. Salute to y'all. Um, yeah, you make it easier for us and everybody else. But yeah. this is probably the only time we're ever going to go through a, a MLB draft from front to back yeah. in our yeah. lives. I think after this, if it is, even if it's 20 rounds, we're still going to just focus on our team, probably. <laughs> yeah, and just do a quick recap of everything else. So, uh, yeah, so y'all got some exclusive shit. Um, anyway, so I think it kind of it's kind of a natural you know like kind of a natural uh, transition to move on from draft and you know new players uh, coming to the teams to focus on kind of what the teams are doing uh with their rosters because players some players are opting out uh you got the list of the players that are opting out uh right there um yes i do um the players have to opted out this season okay yeah mike lee the diamondbacks um Ryan Zimmerman at the Nationals, Joe Ross at the Nationals, Ian Desmond at the Rockies, David Price at the Dodgers, Tyson Ross at the Giants, Felix Hernandez at the Braves, Nick Marquez at the Braves, Buster Posey at the Giants, and Michael Kopech of the White Sox. Yeah, uh, one trend among all those, except for Michael Kopech, all National League players, that was something that I found funny, and basically all of them, if I'm not mistaken, pretty established players already. Yes. Kopech one was the one that really surprised me. It was considering the fact that he 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 missed 2019 because of Tommy John, yeah. and the fact that the season got pushed up, which means he had more. Maybe he could have broken into the roster instead of having to send Triple A. Um, but it makes sense. Um, I read the statement and I respect it. Uh, hats off to him. Hats off, hats off to the other players, especially. Yeah. David Price and Ian Desmond with everything going on right now and how they're sp- specifying and what they're doing outside of baseball. Um, yeah. um, David Price gave $1,000, I think, to every minor league player in Dodge organization, which is just, he's always in the class act. Yeah. Um, one thing about David Price is, um, that here's a tidbit for you guys. Um, Indians pitcher Zach Plezak debuted against the Red Sox last year and David Price gave him a letter in his locker that said congratulations I'm gonna call it up because that's the first pitcher he faced that's that's just the like that's a good motherfucker right there yeah David David, Price, come on. you cannot complain about David Price and I know he has he had his words especially him going to the Red Sox and giving him all that money and stuff like that and yeah. I would say it's confidently Part of the reason the Red Sox fans are so hard on their price because he's black. I will say that confidently. Anyone has a problem, pull for up sure. on me. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, you're not wrong. So, oh, I'm not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. It's, it's fucking Boston, dog. Like, yeah, it's Boston. Um, David Price is a class act. He's a good dude. Um, on a baseball sense, um, on a baseball pardon? sense, it hurts the Dodgers a lot, actually. To me, yeah, but that's just on a baseball um, sense. Yeah, yeah. We went over why Ian Desmond opted out in our last episode. Yeah, uh, salute to him and his pregnant wife. I hope they're healthy and safe. Um, yep. Joe Ross and Tyler Ross are actually brothers, which is really interesting. Yeah. Oh, oh shit! That's right. Yeah. I did um, not expect Felix to opt out. I did not. 
I, I didn't, but um, especially since it's kind of like his last hurrah, especially on a playoff team, which yeah. he hasn't experienced. Um, Nick Marquette is opting out kind of made sense considering his family. A lot of these guys are um, have families already, have yeah. kids and stuff, that's, or veterans. So that's one, that's one big deal. Yeah. Yes, in the 30s. So um, a lot of these guys have pregnant wives and newborns. Yeah, same, same reason why Mike Trout has said he's not all the way comfortable. And let's make one thing clear, people. When we're talking about players who opt out, we're not shitting on them at all for opting out. Like, no. it's your health, it's your family's we're health. We're plugging them like, actually because, yeah. And you take I think that. one trend you're going to see is um, more established guys opting out. Yeah, you're not going to see many young cats take the No, because the they need to sell. They, they don't have, they, they can't, they, they might, not, might not be able to afford to opt out. Over exactly honest. especially like a triple a guys who are not on the 40-man roster come on man like and you're on a cusp of getting major league money i mean you have it is like only 300 200 dollars in a shortened season yeah it's still major league money and you've been yeah. making pennies on the dollar in the minors so you're not going to see a lot of young players skip the season that's why the michael kopek shit really surprised me but you know especially since he was going to get reps he was a top prospect also yeah teams are just going to play those games though like with their prospects uh you're going to see like players uh teams have already put their good prospects on the 60-man roster so they can actually get development time so you're going to see all that like you've seen uh, like the rockies have um ryan rollison and uh a lot of their top guys right now playing with with the major leaguers which i think is a good thing the india like all the other teams they uh they're doing this right now so it kind of lets you know well, which prospects an organization real values right mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're kind of like showing their hand with that um yeah uh we kind of talked about uh trades a little bit last week you said you didn't expect many oh i, I expect agree. a lot um if we do, it's going to be maybe like for a depth guy, like a team that needs a, a back-end starter. I don't think we've seen like blockbuster trades like Aaron Nato or Lindor getting traded because their trade value is pretty much gone at this point. Unless the team just says, fuck it, and gives them what they want. Um, We're going to see some relievers get traded probably, maybe. Um, You might see a desperate team do some desperate team give away a couple prospects, possibly. And that's another reason why teams are putting their best prospects on um, on these rosters, I think, just so they can yeah. be tradable. Um, and one big thing too, you guys, as I said last week, you can see a lot of player to be named later as a loophole in order to allow trades to happen, where guys can trade guys that are on the, the that are not on the sixteen-man roster to trade them later. Because right yeah. now, the only players that can be traded are guys on the 16-man roster. So that's another big facet that should be taken into account. Yeah, absolutely. As far as the uh, the health measurements that MLB is taking, uh, there's been some... <laughs> how do I say this? Um, there's been some weird shit going on, like teams not getting tests back, you know, like the test results back, like uh, players from... Uh, uh, from other countries getting their flights delayed and not being able to get there on time like i know like uh height of the f for example rocky's reliever uh like he, he has like 99 mile an hour sinker shit but like he wasn't able to get uh to the u.s um 
until like yesterday, like two days ago or some shit like that. And that's happening for other players. Uh, but I think that all things considered, I think MLB has done a decent job because they, they're testing a lot of people and the amount, like, I think the percentage of positive tests that's coming back is like less than 1%, which I think is pretty good so far. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, it could be worse. So we just have to see if they can be consistent. One thing we've seen is players really, um, stepping up and doing their part to make sure people wear masks. Yeah. Um, like, like, um, letting people know. Yeah, like, like I know, um, what's his name? Clint Fraser said that he's going to wear his mask when he goes to hit. And really? when he's playing, just to give people a, exam- a good, set a good example. Damn, I didn't see that. And I, I know with the Indians, we have Carlos Carrasco, who currently, who's, who's survived with leukemia, who had leukemia last year. The Indians gave him his own wing of, um, of the facility to, to change and stuff like that. Yeah. And Rockies they also. The same with David Dahl. And they also sent um because they didn't David Dahl have his pancreas or something like that taken out. Uh, David Dahl has no spleen. Oh yeah, mistaken. Okay. Yeah, he did. He had a spleen removed. It was a spleen. And if people don't know your spleen is like a part of your immune system, like regulation, something like that. Um, he's high risk. So yeah, they're very high risk. Um, but and the Indians also had a player, Fernando Reyes. Um. And, uh, who, who switched to be a starting right fielder? He was at a he was seen on social media at a party for Fourth of July with no mask on, and the Indians sent him home would tell him, "Don't come back until after you tested negative." And he was really apologetic, but um, <laughs> they really used it as a learning. They, he wasn't really in trouble or anything like that. Just kind of used it as a teaching moment to their players. Um, yeah. That even when they're off off the field, to be diligent because you have guys that are still trying to play. And things like that, and when you have an old coaching staff like they do as well, that's a big deal. Yeah, because you're putting uh, you're putting yourself, but you're also putting other people in danger. You gotta be responsible for that. Um, one thing you're gonna see, folks, is you're gonna see a lot of interest squad games. You're gonna see teams play actual games, regular baseball games, uh, within uh, their actual teams, and a lot of them are being broadcasted. So, hats off to the teams that are doing that. And I think that kind of brings us to the other topic that we kind of could talk about the blackouts. Uh, do you, do you mind uh, explaining to the people listening what the blackouts actually are? Yes. So all 30 MLB teams have TV deals made where regionally, um, locally they're broadcasting they make money off them. Some teams have their own broadcasting networks that they use, aka the the big market teams, the Yankees, Dodgers, Angels, mm-hmm. um, Red Sox too, where yeah. their revenue is 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 tied to that, so they're getting all the revenue and all the shares. Um, you have other teams like the Indians who have a deal with Fox Sports to broadcast their games. The Cardinals do also. Um, I know, and so the most most of will be teams in general have a, a deal with the outside source to broadcast their games. Um, yeah, I know that. The, I know the the, the um, Blue Jays they're owned by the the company that broadcasts their games. Um, that's I know, that's like, interesting. You know, um, the Rogers Network or something like that. Something I don't know. I have to do some research, but 
they, they're a huge company in Canada so um, they kind of have their hands in everything but back to the blackouts the blackouts yeah. are what happens when people try to access games online or do the cables or service provider um, locally so for me I experienced a blackout when I used MLB TV to watch a baseball game and it's oh, yeah. really convenient so either I find a link on Reddit that's illegally streaming the game or I use a VPN in order to watch the game on MLB TV cause yeah that's that's some bullshit yeah and here and here's the thing and you left out the third option that people have you have the links you can use a VPN what's the third option that a lot of people can do if they cannot yeah. access the games they want they fucking leave they don't watch them shits at all so how does this yeah. make sense how does this make sense MLB this is a message for you MLB how does this make sense how does it make sense to first of all baseball is struggling big time we know this with creating fans and with maintaining fan interest what fucking sense does it make right what sense does it make to block people from a certain region from watching their team if you're in colorado for example and you have mlb tv you can't watch the rockies what fucking sense does that make dude like what the fuck and i get it i get it they want you to watch games on cable because they want you to watch games and giving money to the provider they signed the contract with and they want you to go to the ballpark but say you live i mean bro i don't live in the usa right never have but if i'm not mistaken the usa is a pretty big fucking country am i wrong yes it is it's a big fucking country it's a big fucking country so let's say you live 150 miles away from the nearest ballpark and that's close to a ballpark say you live 150 miles 200 miles away from 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 a from a ballpark and you don't have cable because also am i wrong here a lot of people less people each fucking year have cable because it has no use basically so put that together you don't have cable you live hundreds of miles away from a ballpark but still uh excuse me still in your uh state and you want to watch your team on mlb tv turns out you can't fucking watch your team because mlb is being greedy as fuck and they're only taking the bottom line once again mlb what sense does that make you are stopping people from watching baseball it's like you don't want them to watch at all what the fuck is wrong with you that's as simple as i can put it really i mean is there no, anything you, else no you pretty much cover all the bases like what the fuck and just uh like we said people are either gonna stream it illegally they're gonna you know use a vpn so they shit on you mlb or they just don't watch them at all <laughs> especially now when people when people are home and you have the opportunity to attract more fans and bring more eyes to the game and actually gain some audience which is what you need because obviously you've already decided to destroy the minor leagues which is one very important thing in creating new fans from scratch 
right? Since you've decided to, you know, get rid of that because it doesn't save you fucking money. Then what sense does it make to stop people from watching the product? Idiots. I'm done. Honestly, you covered everything. Um, <laughs> you, just you, pretty much said, off, you, you said what I wanted to say. You said what I wanted to say. It's, it's fucking, it's stupid. It's, it's, it's counterproductive. It doesn't help at all. And not to mention that MLB's lack of media, social media presence is hurtful as well. The, the oh, fact yeah. that we can't see into the dugouts and see these player interactions and clubhouse things. Well, mind you, baseball players are very private. And it's, and it's not and it's different in locker rooms are private as well just put these guys on the fucking computer screen man god damn give yeah, these guys but- some fucking exposure like mind you Mike Trout has the personality of a of a bottle of water you got Ronald Acuna Jr. Francisco Lindor etc all the all the guys you know about, not to you got Josh. I mean, Josh Donaldson is a fucking nutcase. <laughs> Give him. Did you ever see that video of Josh Donaldson cussing out like the crowd when he talked to the crowd about something? Or I can't remember what it was. I have not, but Josh Donaldson is hilarious. He gets yeah. mad about everything. It's, it's, it's funny. And honestly, they have done better with the quarantine going on of just showing the intra-scout games and how these players are jumping around since they're playing their teammates and stuff and they can be happy about it. Um, so it's a lot more interesting. They should have done this three, four years ago. They should have had the catcher cameras when these guys are practicing or catching a bullpen or something three, four years ago. Yeah. Because when you see these guys throw up close and you see these guys trying to hit the ball, you, you think to yourself, how the fuck do these guys hit a baseball? Yeah. People would pay to see that, MLB, by the way. If you make that an, uh, a feature on MLB TV, for example. See, here, we're, here we are giving you business ideas. How to take money away yeah. from it, right? Exactly. Bullshit, like some man. some inside edge thing for a team, and they had like a thirty for thirty, like a not thirty for thirty, or more be like a hard knock spring training type thing, where you have yeah. some young guys that are trying to break into the MLB. You have top prospects and, and utility guys that are projected utility guys at best. That would be so interesting to see. Yeah, and it would be and drama they, too. You did more with the minor leagues to show how these guys are trying to get their shit together in the minor leagues too the long bus rides and all that stuff like yeah because uh because to the average baseball fan the minor leagues are a mystery there's something that he exactly that so they hear about they don't see yeah all. yeah i mean just more exposure and then even broadcasting minor league games a little bit more maybe or online like or streaming or something like that. there's so many things they could do to make this the game more appealing and give them more and give them more visibility and even doing more for the Spanish players or his Hispanic players, I should say. Yeah. To give them more visibility and normalize the fact that people in baseball speak Spanish. Because when you got guys on Twitter complaining about MLB, MLB reporters talking about guys that don't speak English or don't speak a lot of English or don't speak English on camera. Really? Really? You can play about <laughs> a sport... That that has like thirty percent Hispanic players in the game right now speaking Spanish. Yeah, I don't know if people realize, but English is not the only language in the world. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, me, you know how xenophobic and idiotic Americans can be. 
especially when it comes to people that speak Spanish because of Mexico being right there and the whole thing with Mexico on the border and, and this is and that yeah. and all that. But the amount of xenophobia in baseball is fucking absurd for how diverse the sport is. Yeah. Who would think this was golf or some shit? Yeah. What like, the fuck, dude? <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous, honestly. I mean, just... I feel like we kind of, like... We've... We've said this in different ways throughout the episodes, but really it's because MLB doesn't fucking do anything. I mean, dog, the fact, oh my, I got, I found the perfect example. The fact that I'm scared as shit when we do our baseball terms threads, which by the way, you should check them out if you're a new baseball fan, because I'm dead serious, they'll probably help you out. Um, when I do the baseball terms threads, I'm scared as shit to grab any video from actually the MLB channel. I'm scared of shit because I know there's a chance they might snipe the fucking account yeah the DMCA thing and I, that's that got flagged on my old account for that really? And that's why well, I, I mean I really know I'm, I'm not surprised but Jesus Christ like when I talked about Ichiro breaking the the single season hit, uh, hit record I had to put I had to put a fucking picture not the hit because I was scared that MLB was gonna fucking bomb the account or some shit Oh yeah, they would have punted that account for sure. And this is it's bullshit. The like and then like an image and how um even with these guys trying to use a social media platform like Trevor Bauer and how you even got friction with that from the guys. Yeah, and he gets so much heat from people. So I mean, I know he's a weirdo and stuff like that. And there's there's t- some tangible reason to dislike him, but when it comes to baseball, strictly baseball, cut the guy some slack. Yeah, like, he's making good content. I'm pretty sure he, he would be a better commissioner right now than Rob Manfred would. He got he got common sense when it comes to baseball, and he actually likes baseball. That's the thing. Yes, and one thing we didn't talk about that should be kind of talked about is um, the name changes. That's kind of being proposed oh, yeah. right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that's a Cleveland baseball club fan. Um, I guess um, <laughs> I completely endorse the name change. Um, and I actually, the only baseball jersey on right now is a Francisco Lindo jersey, and it has Chief Wahoo on it, and it has Indians on it. So I'm, I'm a hypocrite right now. Um, so I have to buy more more gear to replace it. I don't have any Cleveland Indians hats right now. I don't need to buy some. I completely endorse them moving away from the name Indians. I completely endorse Indians moving away from the Chief Wahoo insignia. And one thing in baseball that's a big deal is there's all these middle-aged white guys complaining about them moving away from a caricature and slur to some people. And it's really fucking annoying. The the demographics of baseball really drive people away from the game because it's just middle-aged white dudes that that are... Yeah, get off my lawn. Yeah, get off my lawn. Do you have your papers, like, type guys? Like, really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it... I mean... I don't want to beat a dead horse because we we've talked about this a million times, but kind of feel like we're gonna end up talking about it in different ways and just basically shitting on MLB for allowing this um, yeah. because they encourage it. Yep. Um, and one other thing we want to say is we usually keep on circling back to this thing shows how infested all all facets of baseball is with this mindset. Yeah. From the inside out, from the fans yeah. to the organizations themselves, we just have endless material, basically. Yeah. 
on this topic. So, um, yeah, um, I think we cut everything for today. Do we not? I think we this did. Is, um, we went. This is a pretty long way podcast. Longer than I expected. Yeah. Yeah, almost two hours, an hour and a half. Um, this was the Pit Talk Pit Talk podcast. You guys, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. If you made it this far into the podcast, um, <laughs> um, you got anything to say, Mario? Um, well, I got a couple things to say. Um, first of all, like Pat said, thank you for listening. If you made it this far, especially shout out to you. Um, make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the episode, it's available on all platforms. Uh, and yeah, uh, Pat said his piece. Uh, this was episode ten of the podcast. I say I say this shit so I don't forget when I actually name the podcast. So that's just for me. Um, and yeah, if you don't got anything else, then we can sign off after this. All right, peace, you guys. Stay right. safe. Peace.